Hello, how you doing? This is Kalisha Exists, it's episode 43 and it's the 17th of the 2nd, 2020. How you all doing? Uh, I've been away a bit again, haven't I? I try and make this a bit more consistent, just been moving. Yeah, that's right. You've, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've known that I've been uh, a bit of a transient. <laughs> you know, walking around with my duffel bag, right? Trying to hail down a car. That's been me. Uh, I've got a place. I'm still in with my lovely friends uh, for a couple of days. And then I'm in my new place. I'm in my forever home, as they say, for dogs when they're adopted. Uh, I hope. We'll see. I just hope I can stay there longer than a year. Because I've been moving far too much, man. Right? It's just because I've, you know, I've been in and out of relationships. So uh, <laughs> I haven't haven't moved in with a partner yet, uh, like some of my good friends. But, um, yeah. Oh, did all the moving. It's fucking painful, isn't it? No one likes moving. Just reminds you, though, that, like, if you move and you don't think, I'm just going to burn all my stuff, then you haven't moved. <laughs> yeah, I do definitely. I'm like, I don't have a lot of stuff, but I'm like, oh, how good would it, how good would it be just to have a bag of clothes, right? Just a bag of clothes and a laptop. It'd be great. But I know I've got a fetish for vinyl books and, you know, special edition Blu-rays. <sighs> oh, I sort the microphone out now. So you... I shouldn't sound like I'm inside a shoe. But, uh, yeah, I'm all unpacked. I say unpacked. I've <laughs> I don't have a bookcase. So all of my DVDs and books are just shoved into a cupboard. It looks like, you know those old second-hand bookshops where none of the books are sorted? They're just stacked up. <laughs> and if you want one, right, you have to play Jenga. And it'll be like an array of books. It'd be everything from, like, Isaac Asimov to uh, Tony Blair's biography. And uh, <laughs> and if you want to get a copy of um, The Long Goodbye, then you have to <laughs> you have to chisel it out between a copy of, I don't know, the SES Survival Handbook and, <laughs> and a Jeeves and Worcester collection. That's what it looks like at the moment, but you can't see it. It's all in cupboards. Ah, cupboards. Make you feel like a minimalist and really you're a hoarder. Exciting thing about picking up the keys for the house on Saturday is um, I hadn't seen it. <laughs> I put all this money into it, right? And I realised it's got there. Oh, yeah, I've not seen it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> because I trusted my friends and uh, also... I was like, hmm, how, question mark house, is that better than no house? I'm going to go for, yes, yes it is. Turns out, it's very good, very nice. Got a breakfast bar with my favourite, it's got these like, sort of 60s sci-fi, little plastic uh, spinny chairs, it's great. So uh, I'm hoping I'll walk down in the morning, and I'll just see my housemate's back and I'll 
whistle around and be like, Mr. Bond, <laughs> so glad you could join me, coffee. So as a, uh, as a little special <laughs> jokey treat from my lovely fellow LFC housemate, I put a Jurgen Klopp scarf on the mantelpiece, right? Thinking when he'd go in, be a funny surprise. Well, I got sent a picture from my uh, one of my other housemates and uh, the landlord popped in today to get some of the like, pre-moving photos that they hadn't done before, even though technically I've already moved in. And they just sent me a picture of the mantelpiece as like a, this is what the flat should look like with the Jurgen Klopp scarf on it. <laughs> so I guess now it's part of the house, right? Also, my projector is in there. So I was like, I hope when we move out, they're not going to be like, um, where's the Jurgen Klopp scarf and this projector? <laughs> but look, they're mine. Well, they're in the pictures, so they're not. Hand the fucking scarf over. <laughs> Never. You'll get the projector before you get my Jurgen Klopp scarf. So I've got a uh, parasite. No, sorry, I saw parasite. Honestly, that's what it was. I haven't got a parasite. I saw parasite. Very good. Very good. So what I'm going to say, because I don't want to spoil it for you, but really well made, tense, funny, um, makes you question the morals of it in a good way. You're like, oh, is it saying this or is it saying that? I'm not sure. Which I think makes a good film. Um, I could see why it's so popular as well and why it won Best Picture, because... It's very tightly written, and that's the stuff usually people react to most. I'm not saying it's not a good film, it's brilliant, but it's very, like, twisty-turny with lots of, like, story strands that lead somewhere. So, and it's very pacey, and it keeps you engaged. So I can see why it won Best Picture. And, I, and, I'm, and people now have only suddenly discovered discovered South Korean cinema, who have basically, in my opinion, been smashing Hollywood and pretty much any other nation to bits in the film world. Um, a lot of people say, oh, cinema's gone downhill. And it has, um, probably, in America and most other markets. But South Korea have been, like, in a film renaissance so that's something i do say if you're bored with american cinema or something right try another country because it's probably a movement somewhere that is actually on an up rather than on a down and for me south korea has been for the last 15 20 years so there you go <laughs> so there's been a lot of talk about the bbc whether they get rid of the license fee or whatever. And obviously, as a uh, as an occasional BBC employee, I um I'm extremely biased. <laughs> I think the thing is though, that I grew up with the BBC. So my TV education and my education on the whole in some ways is built on the BBC. And I can I do get why people are against a criminalised TV tax. I see how that 
looks outdated. I do. On the other hand, I don't think there are many other countries apart from America that have that kind of strength in television. And it's because they don't really have a strong public-funded television system. And I know we've had, like, you know, the odd big TV series come from, like, France or Germany um, and, you know, the Scandinavian series. But if you look at it, that's, like, one every couple of years, right? Maybe we get them in a big bulk. But, yeah. Although I find it interesting because... Um, you know Warlander, the original, right? Over here, because it was foreign, it was a big sort of Guardian readers. Oh, my God, this series is amazing. And I was talking to a Swedish guy. And I was like, and he was like, oh, yeah, Warlander was shot near where I used to live. I was like, oh, right. Did you watch that? I've not seen it. He's like, <laughs> no, I don't watch that stuff. Because to them, it's like Midsummer Murders, right? It's just like a sort of what your grand watches. But uh, here, because it's got subtitles on, right, I have a, like a, I have a belief, right, there's certain people of the sort of upper middle class snobby set, right, who don't really want to watch interesting films, right? They want to watch action films or they want to watch basically ITV dramas, but they also want to look superior. So they find the equivalent with subtitles, right? <laughs> I watched that film, was it Female Agents, ages ago. It's like a French film where, I guess it's like a female um, Dirty Dozen sort of thing, Glorious Bastards sort of thing. Came out a while ago now. And it was getting all these like reviews and stuff. And you watch it and it is just like a big blown Hollywood action thing, really. But because it's all French, it's <laughs> people... People who like that stuff, but I don't want to admit it, and go, oh, yes, it's brilliant, beautifully made. Yes, people get shot, it's great. I mean, uh, yes, artistic. <laughs> I'm not talking about real film fans. I'm talking about people like my uh, former film tutor, uh, Robert Carter. I remember, he's a twat. Um, <laughs> he's literally like a, uh, you know, those like in a Woody Allen film, you get those kind of uh, faux intellectuals. He's one of them. And uh, like he always used to talk about how great a director he was, but he just made like, um, you know, his films <laughs> you do at the office where it's like, have you had an accident at work? He used to do those like, don't slip down the stairs. But he'd talk about it as if he was fucking Bergman. Um, <laughs> and I remember I went to my local cinema, which I love, um, Harbour Lights, I will, I'm, we'll mention that uh, for stalkers. And uh, I was going to see Skeletons, a Scottish film, which is brilliant. Go watch it if you can. Sort of Charlie Kaufman X. Uh, X? Charlie Kaufman esque. I was going to see that. And I think. And I bumped into him. And I was like, he was like, hey, what are you going to see? I was like, Skeletons. And he was like, didn't know what it was. And I was like, this is, oh, yes, I know what you mean. He didn't. We're going to see the French film. And then walked off. <laughs> didn't mention the title. Probably didn't know it. But it was like, oh, it's the French film. This will make me look sophisticated with the two random women he was with. Um, 
uh, um, I think it was Heartbreaker or one of those Roman, is it Roman or Romaine? Whatever. Roman Juris French rom-coms, which are basically like Hollywood rom-coms, but a bit more French. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're the sort of people I'm talking about. I'm not saying you can't like the songs. You like what you like. Um, you know, if you enjoy it, I don't give a shit. I just mean don't pretend like you're superior to other people just because you're watching a trashy rom-com in another language. Or do, I don't know. <laughs> I saw something very creepy. The sort of thing will keep you up at night. The sort of thing that boil inside of you and eat away. That sticks in your mind. And you just keep thinking about it and how wrong it is. I saw one of those. Do you know what it was? It was the Warner Brothers cartoon character Foghorn Leghorn in a KFC advert. He's some old KFC adverts. And it's him just been like, I see, I see, I see. This is the best chick fried chicken I've ever had. Like, you're a chicken. This is fucked up. <laughs> I'm not buying chicken that's been advertised by a chicken. It's like, did no one in the office go, is this, isn't this cannibalism? <laughs> is that a way to, to advertise our food? Favourites with cannibals. Uh, yeah, just found it creepy, man. Foghorn Leghorn. It's been like, here's my brother. You can eat him in a bucket covered in fried goodness. <laughs> As his eye twitches, because he just, he lost it. He's gone mad. <laughs> I say, I say, I, I say, <laughs> I want to eat myself. Cover myself <laughs> in batter. With the, uh, they're going to do a Knives Up sequel. And I think I've already mentioned that Daniel Craig, Craig basically plays a detective version of Foghorn Leghorn. They even mention it in the thing. So I'm hoping whatever sequel they do has other people basically being Looney Tunes characters. I just think it'd be great. Just have The Rock as Roadrunner. And all he, he just, he's like a suspect in the murder, murder, but he just goes, beep, beep. That's it. And he runs out the door. <laughs> you know, or they could have like Benicio del Toro as Wiley Coyote. And throughout the film, he's just trying to blow up Daniel Craig. <laughs> oh, so I was walking home from the old Soho. Yeah, more tips for stalkers. For stalkers and assassins. Please listen to Cleese Exists. All the information and local whereabouts to rub him out. Rub him out? That is a term for assassination, isn't it? Or is that masturbation? Or is it both? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Walking through Soho. And who did I see? Hey? Who was it? I'm going to give you a guess, right? He did comedies in the 90s, right? And he used to wear a lot of latex play several different characters oh who's it gonna be who do you think are you like oh is it eddie murphy or one of the Wayne brothers no it was mike myers yeah see because i work in the industry i have to stop myself from like just going up to me like come over selfie also my camera i was thinking about this and i was like if i saw keanu reeves i think i'd be the only person where i'm like i've got to get a photo with keanu right but I can't even do selfies with my camera. So it would just be me awkward. I would just be embarrassing. 
trying to do a fight with Keanu Reeves and be like, um, I don't even know if I can do this on this camera. <laughs> it only has a camera on one side. So I just have to hold it and guess and hope it takes a picture of us. And then I'll just have a blurry two pixel version of me with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> but yeah, so because I work in the industry, I try not to, you know, fanboy out. I have to be a professional. So I am, um, what I do is I look at them just long enough to verify it and then I look away, right? And then I sort of hang back <laughs> just because I'm intrigued to see where they're going. It's a bit creepy, isn't it? But um, yeah, I'm like one of those fishermen who catches the fish, right? But he doesn't eat it, puts it back in the water, which must just piss the fish off, right? Fish has got a big bloody lip. You put it back in the water, another predator a shark smells that and goes oh blood and then that fish gets eaten anyway so maybe you should have fried it i don't know i'm not saying you should do that oh narcos is back right and at the beginning i was a bit like oh it's a bit same as the uh, other ones it's good but it's kind of very similar and then i get hooked right irony isn't it show about cocaine and i'm addicted to it and i don't know i've only got a couple episodes left and then you have to wait another bloody year for another series. I need more well-made gangster films and TV series. Um, yes, great. I love what... And Scoot McNary. Oh, I love you, Scoot McNary. I, I like Scoot McNary before all the other hipster kids, yeah? I remember he was in um, Killing Us Softly, the Brad Pitt, Andrew Dominic directed... Um, George V. Higgins adaptation. And everyone was like, oh, he's great. Skip McNary. I was like, yeah, well, I liked him when he was in <laughs> um, In Search of a Midnight Kiss. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him for the beginning. Yeah, love Skip McNary. And also, good to see him play like a sort of tough guy role. Because I was a bit like, oh, can he do it? But yeah, he can, because he's a great actor. Big fan of the Scoot. Or John. Marcus McNary, as he's also known. Um, I do find <laughs> I do find um, actors who change their name interesting. Do you know that Michael Keaton's real name is Michael Douglas? <laughs> Honestly, that's not a joke. His real name is Michael Douglas. And he had to change it for obvious reasons. Because there can only be one Michael Douglas. Do you think they were in a room once and they were like, I'm Michael Douglas. No, I'm Michael Douglas. <laughs> Yes, there's a Spartacus joke. Do you know that? Um, the great Albert Brooks, who I love, and he was kind of like the West West ooh, West Coast Woody Allen, except as far as I'm aware, he hasn't had any of the horrible, horrible um, crimes in personal life. Um, so yeah, if you're like, oh, I can't watch Woody Allen movies anymore, go back to Albert Brooks's back catalogue, which isn't as big but i still think modern romance is one of my favorite films and probably one of the best rom-coms it's brilliant it's very much like if you watch it also you'll see where judd apatow got a lot of his style and ideas from it's kind of judd apatow before judd apatow so go watch that's my film recommendation modern romance brilliant watch it go watch it really good really good <laughs> That's what I'm going to say now, because I don't want to spoil the film. 
a rom-com, but it's smart, does something a bit different. It's very funny. Also, one of the few films where the lead character is an editor, so maybe that's also why I like it. Um, <laughs> um, because he, the like editing bits in it are spot on. There's like this sort of satirical kind of uh, editing scenes, and it's exactly what it's like. <laughs> There's a bit where they're, um, yeah, where the editor has this great idea and he shows it to the director and he's really excited and the director's just like, no. <laughs> it's very true. Um, so, yeah, watch that. What other films about editors? So, Cyrus, the Duplass Brothers film, and Josie Riley plays an editor in that. I think there's another one. Um, oh, supporting characters with uh, Alex Karposky, who is an actor I really like. He's in, like, Girls and stuff. Um, but he's really good. Yeah, there's three films I can think of. They're all sort of romance-based with editors. So there you go. Right, just to piss you off, um, <laughs> I'm going to end with a little film trivia question, right? And then going to answer the question in the next episode you could just look it up but that would be boring wouldn't it um so do that if you don't enjoy fun no <laughs> no you know what i'm doing it i'm just doing it because i might make you come back right like me and narcos so so i'm gonna try and give you one that's slightly hard to look up but what about the number 22 applies to what related to a n- late 70s Michael Caine movie, right? So number 22 applies to something involving in the production of a late 70s Michael Caine film. I hope that makes sense. Um, I will give you the answer in the next episode. But let's leave it there, right? Um, and I shall return for another episode of Cleese Exists. So don't let the bastards grind you down. And let's do this. Again, sometime. Bye. Bye.